We started last week on uh, a series on prayer, and man, it, it is just amazing. It, it's amazing to me. I uh, when we started this series last week, and all week, like every every show I turned on, every ministry I turned on on the TV was talking about prayer. Like three of the three of the ones I we, I, we turn on the TV early in the morning uh, on Sunday morning, and kind of helps keep the dogs quiet and uh, get up early, and they get roused, riled up, and wake everybody in the house up, but I turn the TV on and have preaching on and everything. And, and like three of the four or five uh, things that were on this morning that, we, that I was listening, or, you know, that was on TV, is, is I was in the kitchen there, and, and, but I heard, overheard, they were talking on prayer this morning. I looked on Facebook and Andrew Womack had put a thing about prayer on there. You know, he's starting a new series on A Better Way to Pray, a great series by Andrew Womack and, and a great book by him. But I'm just like, you know, man, every, here we are. Everybody's talking about prayer again, you know, as soon as we start this. I heard the Lord last week uh, as I was studying for this say that, you know, told us that, that this was going to be a summer of prayer, a summer of prayer. And, uh, and I just, I, I believe that. I believe that, that uh, as we, I believe as we learn more about prayer and, and, and just remind ourselves, a lot of this is just reminders for us. If you've been in the church, you know, uh, any length of time at all, you know, you've heard about prayer. You know, uh, you know what prayer is. But, you know, how, how many of you know that sometimes even what BJ and Katie were talking about earlier, sometimes we get the wrong picture. Sometimes we get the wrong, we, we're taught wrong about prayer. Amen. And, and, or sometimes we just don't know. You know, Jesus talked about, and we're going to look at this, we're not going to look at it today, but but Jesus talked about, you know, how that, uh, you know, not to, not to have vain repetitions in prayer. James, James says, you know, that you have not because you ask not. Or, he says, or you ask amiss. Hmm, that you ask the wrong way or ask the wrong thing. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? You know, a lot of times we just throw everything together in, in prayer and think that it's all the same. But and, and listen, we're not going to turn this. I'm not going to turn this into a, a list of uh, rules and regulations and turn it into works. That's not that's not what we're going to do at all. But how many of you know that if the Bible distinguishes between different types of prayer and and you can see it in the Word, you need to know about it. Amen. Because if it's in the Word, you need we need to study the Word. We want to be people of the Word. Amen. And and we want to know we want to understand what the Word says and. And why it says it and things like that. So um, we're using John 15, or I'm using John 15, verse 7 and 8 as kind of a as a base because I believe to me this is the, one of the most. And now this doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, necessarily have to do with. Well, I'll back up. This is probably one of one of the most important aspects. I think two of the most important aspects of prayer that you can have, and it's here in John chapter 15, verse 7 and 8. And it just says this. This is Jesus talking here. And he said this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So he put two things there. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you will and it will be done. Now, so the first thing, you know, this morning I want to kind of answer this question. Why pray? You know, what, and, and actually, probably actually even first we need to answer the question, what is prayer? Right? I mean, what, what is prayer? Well, prayer is simply a, a easy, I mean, one a simple definition is this. Prayer is just communication. Prayer is our communication with God. 
But now one thing that we have to understand and that's very important for you to understand is this. Prayer is not just one way. Prayer is two way. It's us talking to God and it's God talking to us. You know, how, how weird would it be for us to, uh, or would it be for anybody to come up and ask you a question like, um, you know, like if you, owned a, if you owned a business or, you know, or you, you, uh, you, know, you serviced the, the community with some type of business or something and somebody comes up to you and says, well, you know, like BJ deals with air conditioners and things like that, commercial stuff. And, but, but if somebody come up to BJ and says, hey, man, I got, this, I got this problem with this air conditioner. It's doing this, this, and this. And, and you know, I really don't know what the problem is. I don't know what, what the solution is. And I really want you to help me. And then they turn around and walk off without giving him an opportunity to talk back to him. To say, well, okay, well, it could be this. Have you checked this? Have you, have you looked at this? You know, or what about this? And see, and if, and if, you, if all we do is go to God and dump our, dump our problems on Him, which He wants us to do that, right? He wants us to talk to Him. He wants us to share our hearts with Him. But one of the, one of the biggest problems I see in prayer is that we never give God time to talk back to us. <laughs> you know, we go and we say we pray, but all we do is dump our problems on Him, and then we, we, we never take the time to slow down enough to say, okay, now I'll listen to see what you say. Brother Hagen, I, I love Brother Hagen. Uh, you know, he said that when he was pastoring a church, um, they used to they used to end all of their services with prayer, and they would I mean they would come up to the altar the way they would end their services. And I even remember this as a kid. We would do this some. I mean, this been years ago uh, in the church I grew up in. But like you know, they would just like at the end of the service they would say, "Now let's all just gather around the altar and pray." And then as you, as you finish praying, you would get up and leave, you know, and that's how the service would be dismissed. Some people might pray for 30 seconds. Some people might pray for 10 minutes, you know. But Brother Hagin said that he would always, said that when people wanted to counsel, people would call him and say, you know, Pastor, we want, you know, we want to talk to you about something. And he would always say, well, well, come on Wednesday night. And he said after prayer, after he said we dismiss with prayer, said we gather around the altar. He said after we finish praying, he said then we can meet. You know, people say, okay, so they'd come to church and, they, and they'd gather around the altar and pray at the end of the service. And he said, he said, he said his experience, now this was his experience in those days, he said that usually 90 to 95% of the time, those people would get up from the altar and say, say, Pastor, or say, Pastor Hagen, say, we don't need to talk to you anymore. We got our answer. Now, where did they get the answer from? Well, they got the answer because they took time to pray. And they took time to hear from God. So, you know, so it's interesting that he, that, you know, Brother Hagin said that, that the majority of the time, he said very seldom would anybody ever have to meet with him because, because if they took the time to, to get down on their knees, and, and I know you don't have to get on your knees, but, if, you know, however you pray, wherever you pray, if, you take, if they just took the time to do that and to listen, that God would give them the answers that they needed. That's interesting, isn't it? So here... Jesus tells us that if we abide in Him and, he, and, and His words abide in us, we'll ask whatever we desire and it'll be done. And then verse 8 says, by this, you know, by this, talking about what, what He was talking about in verse 7, by, by, getting, by you know, getting their prayers answered, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So, so Jesus said that the answered prayer is bearing fruit that glorifies Him. 
Amen. And my, my, probably my fear over everything is that, that very few Christians is bearing very much answered prayer fruit right now. And there's got to be a reason, right? I mean, because Jesus said that if we abide in Him and His words abide in us, we'll ask what we will and it'll be done. So somewhere along the line, we're, there's a disconnect there somewhere. Amen. And that's what we're going to do in this series. We're going to find those disconnects. Amen. And we're going to put them back together and we're going to, we're going to start. This is going to be a summer, not only a summer of prayer, but it's going to be a summer of answered prayer. Amen. I, I'm, I'll just go ahead and prophesy that out. We looked at four things last week, and I just want to just I'm just going to say them real quick, and 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 you know, and then we're going to move on to something different this morning. But but we said this: the first thing that you need to know about prayer is this: prayer works. It works. You know, your prayers can be answered. Amen. You you have to know that. I mean, if you don't believe that prayer works, then your prayers never will work. Well, because probably chances are you won't pray much. <laughs> you know, but if you know prayer works, what if, listen, what, what, if, what if every time you prayed, you got your prayers answered? I guarantee you we'd all be praying a lot more. The, problem, the reason people stop praying is because they never see answered prayer. Well, that shouldn't be. You know, not one time did Jesus, not, not that I can think of anyway, I may, be, I may be wrong on this, but I can't think of a time. But, you know, not one time did Jesus teach on unanswered prayer. He never taught how, how to deal with unanswered prayer. You know why he didn't teach on it? Because he expected prayers to be answered. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you will, and it'll be yours. Amen. Prayer works. We said that prayer and His Word go hand in hand. You, you, you know, if you ever get away from His Word, and, and, you know, and I've heard people say, well, we don't need His Word now. We have, the, we have the Spirit. Well, boy, you're walking on dangerous ground. And I've seen it right the other way. Well, we don't need the Spirit because we got the Word. You know? I, no, I mean, he, he said that His Word and His Spirit go hand in hand. If you, if you abide in Him and His Word abides in you. Amen. Prayer will build intimacy with God. That, we looked at that last week. If you, when, when, you, when you learn how to pray and you spend time in prayer, it will build intimacy. I mean, you will grow in your relationship with God when you, when you pray. Amen. And then probably another one of the most important things you need to know is this. God hears when you speak. God hears when you talk to Him. First, we looked at 1 John 5. We won't take the time to look back over there, but 1 John 5 is an incredible passage that says that, you know, this is the confidence that we have. That if we know He hears us, we know we have the petitions that we ask for. Man, that's pretty awesome. Amen. All right, so, so let's look at a couple things about prayer this morning. And, and I want to show you a couple things that, that in Jesus' life about prayer. And, uh, and then and we'll, we'll look at some examples in the Word. Uh, Ephesians 6.18. Let's look at a couple, a couple things before we get to to what Jesus said about prayer, or his example. Ephesians 6.18, I want to show you three passages just real quick. I think we may have looked at this one last week, but, but talking about prayer, you know, there is a lot, there's a lot of Scripture in the Bible about prayer. There's a lot of Scripture about prayer. And if there's that much Scripture about prayer, what does that tell us? Prayer is pretty important. 
You know, I mean, it's an important subject. It's not something that you just uh, need to overlook and think, oh, well, that's for the pastor to do or that's for somebody that's serious about God to do or, or something. No, I mean, every one of us need to, be, need to have a prayer life and we need to make sure that it's, it's a good prayer life, right? Ephesians 6.18, Paul said this. Paul said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Praying always with all prayer and and supplication in the Spirit. Now, one thing you'll find, and we'll see this two or three times today, is that you'll find those two words, prayer and supplication, you'll find those together. Prayer and supplication. Now, some people will say, well, they're the same thing. But they're not the same thing. If they were the same thing, they wouldn't mention them together. That's like saying, go eat some food and food. I mean, you know, you just it don't make sense, does it? No, he says with all prayer and supplication. So we, we, we define prayer as communication. It's, our, it's us talking to God. It's God talking to us. Well, what is supplication? Supplication is actually when you ask. You know, sometimes in your conversation, in your, in your conversation with God, it, it is just that. It's a conversation. It may not be a request. It may just be a conversation. Father, this is how I'm feeling about this. Father, this is what's going on. Father, this is, this is, you know, this is what's going on and this is how this is and, and, you know, help me with this or something like that, you know, is a communication. The word supplication actually means a request to ask. So sometimes prayer is, is a, we could say it this way, prayer is a, uh, a statement and then supplication is a request, like you put your request into God. Prayer and supplication. And we'll, we'll look at this a little bit more. You'll see this a little bit more as we, as we get into this series a little bit deeper. But, but I wanted you to notice especially, Paul said this, praying always with all prayer. So in other words, Paul said that we, we need to constantly be in prayer. And, there's, and he said with all prayer. In other words, different translations say with different kinds of prayer, with, with all manner of prayer. So, so he tells us here, that, that there are different types of prayers that we can pray. And we're going to, eventually we're going to be, we're gonna, we'll get to those and look at them, but uh, it'll take us a little while to get to that because I want to set it up for you. Look at 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Here, Paul talking to the church at Thessalonica said this, Verse 16 says, rejoice always. But verse 17 says this, pray without ceasing. So in Ephesians, he says, praying always. Here in 1 Thessalonians, he says, pray without ceasing. The Amplified says, be unceasing in prayer, praying preservingly. Amen. So pray consistently. Pray, pray constantly. Praying always. Pretty, pretty important. Now look at Luke chapter 18. I love this one. Now this is one of the things that Jesus, this is going to take, lead us into what Jesus said about prayer. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, um, this is, you know, Jesus is talking to his disciples here. And, and, uh, and, and verse, chapter 18, verse 1, Luke chapter 18, verse 1 says this. Then he spoke, talking about Jesus, then Jesus spoke a parable to them 
that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. So Ephesians 6 says, praying always with all manner of prayer. 1 Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. And then here it says, Jesus taught a parable and teaching his disciples to, to pray, always ought to pray and not to lose heart. Now look at the Amplified in this. I love the Amplified in this one because look at what it, the Amplified in verse 1 says this. Um, the Amplified says it this way. Also, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, faint, lose heart, or to give up. Isn't that something? Not to turn coward or to faint or to lose heart or to give up. How many of us at times in our prayer lives have turned coward and quit praying? Have fainted? You know, in other words, what, that, what does that mean? That just means, just, I'm tired of praying about this. You know, just to give up. I just give up. God's not going to answer that prayer. I'm just giving up. But what did Jesus say? Jesus taught his disciples, he says that you ought to always pray and never give up. Now that's, I mean, you know, think about that. You should always pray and never give up. How many times have we given up and unknowingly the answer is right there before us? Right around the corner, but yet we've stopped praying about it. We gave in to, we gave in to, to fear, gave in to pressure, gave in to... You know, oh, well, that must not going to be happening, and, you know, I'm just going to quit praying about it. Now, listen, we all, you know, I, I mean, we, we all would hope and wish and, and pray, you know, however you want to say that, whatever word you want to use. We all want our prayers to be answered as soon as we pray them. You know, we want to say amen, open our eyes, and there it is. You know, that's the best kind of prayer, amen. That's, I mean, boy, that's, that's the good ones there, right? But how many of you know that, that a lot of times it doesn't happen that way. A lot of times it's, you know, we pray and we pray and we pray. Now, that, do, that doesn't mean that, you know, because we're going to get into, you know, you understand there's, when you pray the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith is one of those prayers, one type of prayer. But the prayer of faith, you can't pray the prayer of faith if you don't believe that you're going to receive something. So when you pray the prayer of faith, you pray that prayer one time and it's done. If you pray it again, it's not a prayer of faith. Because the prayer of faith says it's mine, I receive it, I've got it right now. But there is a, there is a persevering prayer where you pray until you see the breakthrough. You know, so there, there are different, there are times that it will take longer for you to, get to, to see the results, and you can't give up. You can't lose heart. You can't turn coward. You've got to just keep praying. Amen. Now, you say, well, Pastor, you know, I just don't know about it. I just, you know, I just can't pray a long time. Well, let me show you a couple of scriptures. And, I, I, and let's just see, what, let's just see uh, the importance of prayer in Jesus' life. And let's see what, what Jesus, how he approached prayer. And, and, and let's see if we think, you know, because here's my question. If it was important for Jesus to do it, then how much more important should it be for us to do it? 
Amen. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It says this, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight. What does that mean? It means he got up real early. You might say, well, yeah, that was Jesus. He didn't have much going on. You know, he didn't have to work. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say he was pretty busy. You know, I mean, traveling and, and doing things, right? It says, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Now, you know, we don't have a lot of prayers recorded of what Jesus prayed, but we do have some recorded. And actually, uh, oh, I didn't write this one down. We're going to look at it in a couple weeks. But one time the disciples uh, heard Jesus pray, and after he got through praying, you know what they said? They went up to him and they said, Jesus, teach us to pray like that. Boy, it must have been something. You know, now we have one of his prayers in John 17. We have it recorded what he prayed. And that's a pretty incredible prayer in John 17, if you go and read that prayer. And that was a prayer he was praying for his disciples. He was praying for you and me. I mean, we, we were included in that prayer in John 17. He prayed for us, right? So it's, it's included what he prayed. But I, let's read the rest of this because, because I want to show you, I'm going to show you two, two different instances here. And then we may look at a couple more later. But, but So it says here, he got up real early in the morning, a long time before daybreak. And he went to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Verse 36. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. <laughs> they didn't know where he went. So they're out looking for him. Jesus! Jesus, we lost you. Where'd you go? You know, they're out looking for him, searching for him. Verse 37. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. You know... Uh, I made mention of this Wednesday night, and I think I've mentioned it before, but, you know, in the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we have a count of somewhere, and uh, somebody, somebody, one of my other pastor friends, we were talking about this, and he said he looked it up and found it, found this, this uh, number, but, but we have somewhere between like 35 to 50 days of Jesus' life recorded. It was a three-and-a-half-year ministry, right? We know he ministered for three-and-a-half years. But all of the stories that we have in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are like somewhere between 30 to 60 days of his life. So in other words, one to two months is all we have record of as far as things that he did in those days. Like, for example, here, he got up real early in the morning and, and was praying and Thomas came to him and says, man, everybody's looking. Well, why would everybody be looking for him? Because of what he did yesterday. Man, he, he did so many miracles yesterday. Everybody said, man, I'm going back to see Jesus again tomorrow. You know, everybody's searching for you, Jesus. Everybody's want, wanting you, you know. So just imagine that, how, how what his life must have been like, especially, especially as he did more and more miracles, more and more people. I mean, he was the biggest news in the in the country at that time, in all those cities and all those places. You know, no, they didn't have the, the, the radio or TV or things like that for news to travel. But how many of you know that, man, when somebody got healed and there was a miraculous healing somewhere, man, somebody got on a horse or a donkey or a boat or something 
and went and told somebody else in another city, and then, then oh, I can't wait for Jesus to get here. Or I'm going to go find Jesus. You know, so here we have this, this day recorded, and it says that everybody's looking for you. But then look what he said in verse 38. It says, but Jesus said to them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. Now, where do you think he got the direction to go into, into other towns when, you know, because listen, in the natural, man, if you're having success in this town and everybody's coming to you, you're popular, everybody's wanting to hear you again, you know, you, you're drawing big crowds. In the natural, you'd just say, well, man, I'll just stay here. Everybody loves me here. But Jesus got up early, hours before everybody else, and spent some time in prayer. When he came down out of, the, out of that solitary place in prayer, Jesus says, we've got to go over to the next towns. Now, where did, he, what, where did he get that direction? I only do, only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. So, no doubt, he got direction from his Father that, that it's time to leave this place and go somewhere else. He got that in prayer. Look at uh, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Now, boy, this is a big one here. Luke chapter 6, verse number 12. <clears throat> oh, some of y'all will love this one. If just getting up early rattled your cage, listen to this one. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. So this time he didn't, he didn't even take a nap. You know, he didn't just get up early. It says he went in the afternoon or in the evening and prayed all night long. Wow. Now, you think God could talk to him all night long? Listen, look at the next verse. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve whom also he called apostles. So he prayed all night long, and then when he got out of that prayer time, he said, all right, it's time to pick the 12, the 12 disciples. What we call apostles, or, you know, we, we, know, we know the 12 that, that were most close to him. Now, that was an important decision, don't you think? And he spent all night long praying about it. How many times do we have an important decision, and we spend five minutes praying about it? If even that. Jesus got up early, prayed hours, then said, okay, it's time to go to another city. He prayed all night long. Then he said, all right, it's time to choose the, the 12 most important men that will surround me. It came, listen, those things came out of a time of prayer. If, if you want to see change in your life, spend time with God. Spend time getting to know Him. Spend time in His words. Spend time... Fellowship and communion with Him. Why? Because prayer works. You spend time with, in prayer and in the Word, God will start speaking to you. It will build intimacy. And then you can have confidence to know that when you pray, He hears you. And if He hears you, you're praying according to the Word and according to what He said. So therefore, you can have confidence to know what you prayed for will be yours.
Well, turn over to James. I started to go somewhere. I probably get in trouble for going. James chapter five. We may we may still hit there hit that. James chapter five. Come on, this is this is good news. Because you know what? If Jesus got answers in prayer, then how much more should we be excited to pray? Because we can get answers in prayer. Now listen to this. You know, because here here's a big one. Most people want somebody else to do their praying for them. I can't tell you the times that people have called me or talked to me and said, Pastor, will you pray about this and see what God says to you about it? And my first request, my first response is always, or usually, I mean, have you prayed about it too? Or do you just want me to do the praying? You know, because sometimes they just want me to pray and get God to say something and then get back with them so they don't have to spend the hours in prayer. Well, that's true. And then sometimes people just want me to want to see if God's speaking to me, you know, about that situation, you know, too. I mean, there's nothing wrong with me praying about things either. But, but I'm just saying, listen, don't, don't, don't expect somebody else to do your praying for you. I've heard people say, oh, well, my wife's the prayer of the family. Oh, so that tells me you don't pray? You know, you, you leave it all up to your wife? Oh, well, you know... We we have we have those people that those people meet on Wednesday night pray in our church. I don't have to pray for the church. Mm-mm. Listen to this. Listen to James. James five thirteen. Is any among you suffering? Now the 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 amplified says it this way: Is any among you afflicted, ill treated? ill-treated, suffering evil? Look at the next three words. Let the pastor pray for him. Call every prayer line you can and get on every prayer list. What did he say? He said, listen, if 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 you've been treated ill or evil, somebody's attacking you, somebody's doing something, you're afflicted in some area... He didn't say call everybody and their brother. What did he say? Let him pray. You realize God expects you to pray? Now listen, there ain't nothing wrong with calling prayer lines and, and asking people to pray for you. But don't let that be don't let that be the only thing that you think is going to get you through. James said, now listen, James said, is any among you afflicted or suffering? Let him pray. Well, why, why would he say let him pray? Because you know what? It's your problem. <laughs> Come on, it's, it's your situation, so why not you be the one to pray about it? Well, Pastor, I just, you know, I'm just not a very good prayer. Well, could it be just because you hadn't done it much? I mean, come on, I'm, I'm trying to make this funny because this is kind of a kind of a heavy subject when because a lot of times listen I, 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 I'm, step, I'm sure I'm stepping on a lot of toes because one thing I, I read a report this week from Barna uh, and this was done years ago but I mean I think this was done like in uh, 2012 or something like that I think this report was but but it said it, it said that that uh, oh I wish I had written that out uh, it said that that um, 
80%, I think it was 80% of the church, prays less than five minutes a day. When asked, do you pray? Yeah, I pray. How, how, how long do you pray? 80% of the church answered and said five minutes or less. Ephesians 6, praying always. 1 Thessalonians 5, pray without ceasing. Luke 18, men ought always to pray and not, not lose hope, not faint, not give up. Five minutes. And then we wonder why there's no power. We wonder, we wonder why all these problems are in our family. I've heard people, I've heard people say about grandparents, you know, I've, I've heard multiple people say it. Oh, I don't know what we're going to do now because she was the, grandma was the, was the prayer of the family. She held us all together. You know, boy, now she's gone. I don't know what will happen to the family. Mm. That's, I mean, listen, it's time we get back to praying. It's time that we, every one of us, it's time that you, it's time that I, it's time that every single Christian pick up, pick up their prayer life and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray more. What is prayer? Prayer is just communication with God. I'm not talking about being ritual, being, getting back in works. I'm not, listen. We don't praise our prayer. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you pray and it works, we don't say, oh, yeah, it's because I pray. No, it's because, because we prayed to God and God answered. Amen. It has nothing to do with, with how long we spend in prayer, but it's just the fact that we pray. Now, listen, he goes on. He goes on to say this. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Now that would be, you know, now, now this is kind of funny, but but this is this would be kind of what it's like. It'd be kind of like, you know, um, something great happens in my life. You know, um, you know, we're we're getting ready. Stacy, I mean, you know, most of you know we're uh, we're getting ready to sell our house and different things and get a new house and and different things and and it'd be like me, you know, getting all that taken care of and and selling the house and getting a new house and then me calling BJ say, BJ, sing for me. Man, this great thing happened. Sing! Well, that's kind of like it is when you call somebody up and says, I'm going through this hard time. Pray! If something great happens and something joyful happens, you're the one that sings. Now, other people might join in and sing with you. But you're, you're the one. The joy is in you. The, 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 you know, the happiness is in you. If, if, you're, if you're doing great things, Sing! If you're going through a hard time, pray. Amen. Now he goes on to say this because then you say, well, I should never ask anybody to pray. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the first thing you should do before you get on the telephone and start calling everybody is you yourself pray. And then after you've prayed, then if you feel like you, you could use some encouragement and some help in that, yeah, then call somebody, a prayer partner, and say, hey, can you help, help me pray for this? Pray along with me. Because he goes in verse 14, he goes on to say this. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. So yeah, there are times that you can call for people to pray for you. Right? 
I mean, it's not, I'm not saying, you know, we're not saying never ask for prayer. But what I am saying is the first person to pray about a situation should be you. You pray. And then you can call and ask for some encouragement. Ask for somebody to come alongside and pray for you. Amen. He says, he says the, uh, if you're, any among you sick, call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith. See, so here, uh, you know, he lists out specifically the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. We talked about this Wednesday night, but, but salvation, when you think of salvation, most people think of just forgiveness of sin. But listen, included in salvation is not only forgiveness of sins, but it's healing of your body. The same prayer will, will forgive you of your sins and heal your body. It's the same prayer. It's the, same, it's, it's the exact same sacrifice that took care of both of them. If you weren't here Wednesday night, you can get that. You can download that message. That was a good one Wednesday night. Then verse 16, he says this, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And then this is the part, everybody knows this one, the, the last part of verse 16. The effective Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The Amplified says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Praise God. Praise God. Look at Philippians 4. How much time have I got? Okay, I've got a few more minutes. Philippians 4. Got time for a couple more. Philippians 4, verse 6. Now, this is a big one. Listen to this. Philippians 4, verse 6. Paul said this. He says, Be anxious for nothing. Now, boy, that's if we just took that advice, we'd be good, wouldn't we? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything... By prayer and supplication. Here that is again. By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The Amplified, the Amplified says it this way. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests. Remember we said supplication was to ask. Here, the Amplified calls it definite requests. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. So instead of, next time you start feeling anxious or uh, fearful or fretful or have anxiety or anything like that, or you're fretting or anything, instead of letting that overcome you, go to prayer. Start praying about it. In other words, start having a conversation with God about it instead of running all the scenarios in your own head. Because you realize that that's what anxiety is, don't you? Anxiety and fretting and fearing. You're, you're just running scenarios. Well, what if this? What if that? Well, yeah, what if that? Well, what if that? Well, what if this? Well, what if that happens? And 99% of that stuff would never even have a chance of happening anyway. And yet you're sitting, you're sitting there fretting and worrying over it having your stomach tore up and 
you know, ulcers in your stomach because you're worrying so much about something that you that would never happen. Amen. Pray. Amen. Acts chapter 12. I'll, I'll finish with this. Acts chapter 12. Now this is the story... Herod is is ruler. He's the king there, and and he's and in verse one it says that he stretched out his hand to harass the people from the church. He had he had James, the brother of John, killed, and and it pleased all the Jews. So he arrested Peter, and he was getting ready to kill Peter. And and verse five says this. This is Acts chapter twelve, verse five. So Peter was therefore kept in prison. But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Constant prayer. Fervent prayer, the Amplified says. The Amplified says, So Peter was kept in prison, but fervent prayer for him was persistently made to God by the church. Now, you know, I mean, listen. It would be like today if, if I mean, you know, in that day, I mean, you know, the, the king had, had somebody arrested cut their head off, and, and then he saw it pleased everybody, so he arrested somebody else. So they knew this wasn't just a threat, right? This would be like if today, if, if the church got persecuted and, and Cole got arrested for preaching and the, the, the authorities cut his head off, then they saw how, how it pleased the news media and, and all, everybody, so then they went and arrested Noah. Well, what's our first thought? Our first thought is, well, they cut his head off, so tomorrow they're probably going to cut his head off. They're not threatening this. They're, they literally did this. You know, so, so when it says the church was constant in prayer persistently for Peter, the church was kind of like, okay, we've already lost James. Now let's not lose Peter. Let's pray about this. Or <laughs> like, like, let's get serious about prayer. Let's pray hard. <laughs> Praying hard and is not really, <laughs> you know, I mean, Basically, what, when people say pray hard, that basically means we hadn't really prayed about it before. Let's start praying. That's what that means. Well, I'll go ahead and say this. <clears throat> it's been rising up. People ask for unspoken prayer requests. You know, listen. How can you be in faith for something that you have no idea what it is? You know, Brother Hagen, Brother Hagen told this story one time. Uh, I was reading, reading his book on prayer, and, and he, he told the story one time of this guy coming up and saying, Brother Hagin, will you, will you pray with me about something? And Brother Hagin says, well, what do you want me to pray with you about? He said, well, it's, it's an unspoken request, but will you just tell me you'll pray? And Brother Hagin said, no, I won't. He said, he said, he said for, for me to pray with you, I have to agree with you. There's the prayer of faith, which, which is a definite thing. You know what you're praying for. There's the prayer of agreement, when two or, two or more come together praying about, about anything, the Bible says, and we're going to look at these a little bit more in depth, but there's a prayer of agreement where two come together as touching anything. In other words, we're agreeing on the same thing. Right? And, but, but in order for us to be, to, pray, to be able to pray the prayer of agreement biblically, we both have to agree that, that this thing is, is right and that it's what God wants. And this, this guy was just telling Brother Hagin, well, just agree with me. Just agree this unspoken prayer request. And Brother Hagin's like, no, I won't do it. He said, you know, because he said, I have to know what I'm praying about. He said, I don't pray 
without knowing what I'm praying about. He said, that's not how prayer works. And he says, if you want me to pray, he said, you, he said, you tell me what you want me to pray with you about, and then, then I'll tell you whether I will or not. So the guy's like, all right, all right, I'll tell you. He said, he said I want you to pray that, that sister so-and-so will be my wife. <laughs> and Brother Hagin looked at him and says, I mean, he, kinda, he said he looked at him kind of stunningly and, and because what he didn't say was this, sister so-and-so was married. And this guy wanted Brother Hagin to agree at, in an unspoken request that this married woman was going to divorce her husband and marry him. Now, you see why Brother Hagin said that he wouldn't agree, that he wouldn't pray for unspoken prayer requests? Because you have no idea what, you, what people are asking you to pray for. And Brother Hagin said there's nobody in their right mind that would pray that way. If you know the Word, that goes against everything the Word says. So why would you pray? But you see what happens, people say, oh yeah, I'll agree with you, I'll pray with you. And then we just pray, oh, be with old so-and-so, you know, bless so-and-so, whatever that prayer request is. But you know, if, if, that prayer, if that prayer goes against the Word, it's not going to get answered. And then, and then they're going to get mad at God, they're going to get mad at you, because you prayed with them and it didn't happen. So then they'll start telling people, oh yeah, well he prayed, and it, oh so-and-so, you know, he, his prayers don't work, because I asked him to pray with me and it didn't work. Oh, well. Just be careful what you agree to pray on. Amen? So here, so verse 6 says, Peter, it says that uh, when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping. Now, would you be able to sleep knowing that your head was going to be cut off tomorrow? Peter was sleeping pretty sound. Because <laughs> listen to this. When Peter was about to, to, when Herod was about to bring Peter out, that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. So he had a soldier on either side, chains bound, bound him to each soldier. And it says, and the guards before the door was keeping the prison. So people were actually in the prison cell with, with, uh, with Peter, and there was people outside the door making sure that nobody got in to, to disturb the three people that was in the prison cell. Verse 7, Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by Peter, and a light shone in the prison and struck Peter on the side. A light shone in the prison. And, and he, the angel, struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Now what caused this? You remember verse, you remember verse 5? Or verse, no, verse... Uh, what verse was it? Yeah, verse, uh, verse 5. It says, Constant prayer was being offered to God on His behalf. The church was praying. Prayer changes things. The chains fell off Peter's hands. The angel said to him, Gird yourself and, and tie on your sandals. Put your clothes on. Put your feet, shoes on. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your outer garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that this was done by the angel. What was done by the angel was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. He thought he was having a dream. And it says, when, the, when, the pa, or when, uh, when they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, and it opened of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And it says, when Peter came to himself, he finally, he finally came to it's like, Dude, that really happened. 
You know, that was real. He said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And Peter knocked on the door of the gate, and a girl named Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate. She heard Peter's voice, and she just turned around and ran back to the people. Peter's here! Peter's here! Now, they were praying for Peter's release. They were praying that God would save Peter. This, this young girl comes in there and tells them, Peter's at the gate. He's outside. You think they would be happy? Look what, look what they said. But they said to her, you're beside yourself. You're crazy. Peter's in jail. We're here praying for him. I don't know that they expected their prayers to be answered. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, oh, well, it's just his angel. <laughs> now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door, they saw him, and they were astonished. Isn't that something? How, we, we should, unfortunately, we're just like the church here in this thing, in this story. When, when our prayers do get answered, we're astonished. What? That worked? They were healed? That disease is gone? You know, that financial problem left? They, they got what? You know, I mean, we can't believe that our prayers actually worked. But, you know, I mean, Peter goes on to tell them that, you know, well, an angel came and all this and, and saved me. But, but, but listen, I just wanted you to see that by this. They, were, they, they provided constant prayer for him and their prayers worked. Jesus prayed early in the morning and God spoke to him. He prayed all night long and God directed him. We saw the scripture that said that, that, you know, to pray always, pray without ceasing, by, you know, with all kinds of prayer. Always pray. Not to lose faint, not to lose heart, not to faint, not to give up. Prayer is important. And every one of us can pray. Don't leave it to your husband or your wife. Don't leave it to your mom or dad. Where, whatever, whatever you're going through, learn to pray. Wherever you are today, learn to pray. Learn to just have fellowship with God. Don't, don't let it be a one-way street where you just go to God and dump everything on Him and turn around and walk off. Learn to, learn to when, you're in, when you're in times of prayer, learn to take the time to be quiet. After you've prayed, learn to be quiet, to hear from the Lord. Because that's, that's, that's how He's going to talk to you. Now, it may not be an audible voice. It more than likely won't be an audible voice. But it'll be on the inside, right? It'll be, God will confirm things. He'll show you things. I mean, it'll be something that's going on on the inside of you where you'll know that's God. He's confirming that. You know, or He's telling me not to do that. Amen. So, so in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at different, different types of prayer and, and how they work and how they function according to what the Word says. You know, James 5 talks about the prayer of faith. What is the prayer of faith? You know, the prayer of agreement. I mentioned that. I mean, there's the prayer of intercession. You know, the church was, was praying the prayer of intercession for Peter. And it worked. They were astonished, but it worked. <laughs> I'm, I'm praying by, by the end of summer, by the time we get through this, that, that, that you guys are going to have all kinds of answered prayers. 
and that you won't be astonished that your prayers actually worked. But that, you know what? When we pray, we should expect our prayers to work. We should, we, you know, that First John, go read First John 5. It says, this is the confidence we have. That we know that if He hears us, then we know that we'll have the petitions we ask Him. How can you be so confident in that? Because I abide in Him and His Word abides in me. And I can ask what I will and it'll be done. Amen. Man, it all ties together. It's all good. Amen. And God's got a good plan and, and prayer was put, prayer was put in, in, in the, the plan from the very beginning. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so listen, let's, let's bow our heads for just a moment. <coughs> let's bow our heads just for a moment and pray and then, and then we're, we're going to dismiss. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Well, Lord, my, my, my prayer to you now, to this morning is just simply this. Father, I pray that, that everyone here will see how easy prayer really is. That it's simply just talking to you. And that as we talk to you, then we know that you hear us and, and we, can, we can hear what you have to say in return. Prayer works. I thank you for that. It will help give us direction. It will help, help show us things that, that are to come. And Father, the first person that should pray about any situation that, that they're going through is themselves. And then they can get other help. But Lord, help us, show us, teach us how to pray. So I thank you for that, Lord. And Father, if there's one here today that has a need in their, in their life, Lord, if someone here is, is hurting physically, Father, we just speak healing over them in Jesus' name. And we just call their body healed and whole in the name of Jesus. If there's some here struggling with with, uh, with emotional problems, Lord, I, I, we just speak, we speak peace over their mind and over their, over their thoughts. And we thank You, Father, for just bringing a, uh, just the peace that, that passes all understanding in their lives, Lord. Thank You for that, Father. Father, thank You that You love us. Thank You that, Father, that, you, that, that Your love for us is greater than anything that we'll ever, anything that we could ever even think or imagine. It's far greater than that. And this morning, Lord, as we pray and as we finish up the service today, Father, I pray that, that whatever it is that people are praying for right now, Father, that they would see that prayer answered. And Lord, they would know that you've heard their prayer and that they have the petitions they've asked for. So I thank you for that. Um, if there's someone here today that, that needs prayer, uh, I just want to invite you to come down. Let's, stand up. Let's just all stand up just for a moment. If, I just feel like maybe somebody's here that needs prayer this morning for something. And... Uh,